911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. In today's episode, I thought we could talk about why sometimes it really is beneficial for us to fake it until we make it. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I'm upstairs in the studio. The sun's coming up. It is a beautiful, beautiful morning. Clint left this morning. He had a mounted deployment. And I'm looking out, and I'm, I'm looking at the trailer, and I can see the two sabers and the police badge. He has more than one trailer here. And it reminded me of this time about a year ago when Clint and I had a really hard discussion about finally bringing his patrol horse home. And inevitably, she ended up coming home. We got another horse. Now I have four chickens somehow. But it reminded me of a time when I was very young. My dad used to take me horseback riding about every weekend or so. It was one of the only things that I remember my dad and I having time to do because he was always working so hard. And while we spent a lot of time at home when he was actually home, He never really had time to take us out to do anything. And this was one of those things where it was super special because it was only he and I, and I loved horses and it was just, it was really fun to have that connection. And maybe you have kids and you do something special individually with them to just make them feel a deeper connection with you. And that's certainly what it was for me with my time spent with my dad. But about a year ago, before we had Buttercup's home, Clint invited me to go out with the mounted unit. They were going to have just a sort of a training, but then also this bonding day. And all the wives were allowed to come. All the husbands were allowed to come. And essentially, we were going to go on a trail ride and just kind of hang out. And I remember that day, it was freezing cold. And I had so many layers. And I remember needing to ride Buttercups. Buttercups was the horse that I was going to ride that day. And I have to be honest with you, prior to that, I had not ridden a horse since I was about nine years old. And I remember being nine years old, everything just stopped. My dad stopped taking me riding. And the reason for this was because I ended up needing massive reconstructive surgery on my knee. And then only years later, I ended up having to have it done again. And I've talked about this before, how my folks and the doctors put me in this sort of bubble and how that prevented me from actually growing in so many different ways. But we hadn't ridden, I hadn't ridden since I was about nine years old. Now, mind you, everybody at this at this house that we were at doing this training, they've all ridden for years and they all knew what they were doing. And there was never a point where anybody asked me if I knew what I was doing. And I was suddenly put in this position to where I had no other choice. I had to fake it until I made it because I couldn't be the only one holding back everybody else. And I asked Clint, Simple questions, but I have to be honest with you, when it comes to teaching you how to ride a horse, Clint is not a great teacher. And I should have looked at some YouTube videos or done something prior to this, but I didn't. Buttercups is the biggest horse I have ever met. And so even getting on her is a difficult feat. And it's one of those things to where once you're on her, you don't want to get off because it's going to be very hard for, for you to muster up the courage and the strength to be able to get back on her again. And I remember finally making it up on top of her, you know, putting my leg around the saddle. And I remember vigilantly looking at the way that everybody else was holding the reins and the way that everybody else was seated. You see, when you ride a horse, 
it's very important to make sure your posture is very straight because as soon as you maneuver your body, the horse is going to think that's where it's supposed to go. And I'm watching the placement of everybody's heels. I'm watching how they're moving their elbows. And I'm just trying to pay attention because I need to learn how to ride this giant horse. And luckily, horses are incredibly intuitive. And Buttercups wasn't leading the charge here. And so she's a very good follower. And the horse does all the work, is what I learned. (laughs) And so we spent about nine hours in the saddle that day. And I remember the whole time, I couldn't really focus on enjoying myself because I was mostly focused on the technique and making sure that I could figure out how to actually ride this horse. And by the end of the day, I felt like I was a pro rider. And by by no means am I a pro rider, but I felt like I had learned so much just by paying attention to what other people were doing. And I wasn't I wasn't asking for help, and I, I have definitely learned to do that a lot more. In retrospect, I would have asked more questions. One of Clint's partners just so happened to, to be riding next to me, and he was very great in giving me tips, and he was doing it in a way that was incredibly gentle. And I remember at the end of that day, I ended up riding buttercups all over the place by myself, and I was, I was making her back up, I was making her walk sideways, like doing all of these different things, and I was enjoying it. I had so much fun, and this is coming up for me because we're getting ready to go on another trail ride tomorrow. We wait until the coldest day of the year here in Southern California, apparently, and sometimes I think it's important for us to recognize that the only way for us to actually get anything done or the only way for us to have an experience or to learn or to grow is to sometimes just literally throw ourselves into the saddle and to open ourselves up to the opportunity because it would have been very easy for me to number one just have stayed home which I did think about number two to make up some excuse as to why I couldn't ride or I don't know faked being sick or you know we we do weird things when out of fear and essentially that's what it is we all fear fear and sometimes it's easier for us to just give ourselves and other people an excuse than it is for us to put ourselves in a vulnerable situation but I found on the back end of that there was so much growth because not only was I able to uh, you know accomplish rewriting a horse in my 30s whereas before I hadn't ridden since I was nine years old I was also able to understand how important it was for me to be enmeshed in this world and to learn more about this world of my husband. If you're married to a first responder or if you're a first responder, then I know that you understand the importance of having time to connect with one another. And there's nothing more important, I believe, than making sure that your spouse is a part of your community. We all have our own communities within our sphere of influence, depending on what we do for a living or if we stay at home with a, with a family. And unless we allow ourselves to be included in that other person's world, we will never fully know them. And there are many times when I talk to clients, I talk to people inside of our police, fire, military, and families Facebook group, and many times... People think it's okay to have this this sort of pseudo-identity where it's okay to live one life at work and it's okay to come home and have this completely separate life. And maybe you yourself have this sort of compartmentalized life and I understand completely. But what happens is when we start to expose our spouse to that world that we're used to living in on our own, you and your spouse are going to grow together in ways that you never have before. And it doesn't matter if you're boyfriend and girlfriend or if you've been in a marriage for a year or 20 years, 30, 50, 
It's important for us to always strive for ways to be able to grow together as a couple, because when we stop doing that, when we stop wanting to do things like date our spouse, we're no longer in a marriage. We turn this into this cohabitating situation where we live amongst one another. And I question, where's the richness in having a relationship like that? Because inevitably what happens on the back end is things like having sex, things like having those deep emotional conversations, things like sharing secrets, things like creativity and having new ideas, things like bonding time, all of those start to sort of fall off. And one of the easiest ways for us to be able to kind of recertify ourselves in the relationship and and in the lives of our spouse is to try to include them and to be included in their other lives too, because there shouldn't be this compartmentalization of who you are. If you want to live the most genuous life that you can, we need to be able to figure out ways to be included with one another. And there are many people who are listening to this who might value having that compartmentalized independence. And I understand that too. And there are times and places where that is appropriate. I do believe that we need to have our our own thing, our own space to be able to flourish and to prosper and something that belongs to us. But looking at the whole spectrum of things, when there are entities in your life, such as your place of employment, that ultimately impact and affect your home life. And most certainly it does, right? That's what dictates when you're even home in the first place, if you don't work from home. Then I think those are the pivotal moments. Those are the things in our lives that we need to try to shed light on for our spouse. Because if we don't, things like arguments, misunderstanding, things like a lack of appreciation will ultimately take place. And when we have a better understanding of what it is that our spouse does on a day-to-day basis, what's important to them in the realm that we weren't once privy to, that I think it it makes us more wholesome as a couple and it makes us more understanding and it also makes it to where we can understand the way of living and the way of thinking in a way that we never would have been able to if we weren't invited to the show, right? So I want you to think about that today and where at in your life have you held something that's private that maybe doesn't necessarily have to be private that you can share with your spouse? And if you don't have a spouse, maybe share with a friend or a family member. And when you do that and you open up your interests and your opinions to other people, reciprocity will exist and that other person is going to want to act in kind and to do exactly the same thing. And know that as we are here in December, no matter what is going on on out there in the world, politically, whatever is going on out there, medically, know that you are always on my heart. If I have brought you any value, please do me the biggest favor, drop a review and subscribe to this show and know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.